Um, so I was thinking of a name to call, what to call these kind of mini episodes. They're not in the interviews yeah. are called between two chucks, right? Thank you, Zach Galifianakis. True. But this, I was thinking it's kind of a step away from our normal adventure game. We're not doing a game. We could uh-huh. be kind of doing movie, TV, and a different game that's not a LucasArts game. Side quests. Oh. What? Wow. Awesome. Go us. Awesome. This is the best podcast yep. ever. Hell yeah. So welcome, uh, everyone, to the first uh, Men of Low Moral Fiber side quest, the first Mompsqua, uh, where we're today. Uh, Jason had the bright idea a couple of days ago of, of talking about a show that just came out uh, about a week ago, I believe. Uh, I'm not sure when this podcast is coming out, but it came out in July 2016, uh, a little show on Netflix called Stranger Things. Yeah. Um, so for today's podcast, we're going to have about five, ten minutes just talking about it in general. Uh, and then we're going to make it very clear from here on out, all spoilers yeah. all the time. Yeah. So if you have not seen Stranger Things yet, feel free to listen to this. Maybe this podcast is a chance for you to get into it. Uh, but there will be a time where we send you away, and this is a show you do not want to have spoiled. And this is, I mean, I, I was thinking of who we want to listen to this. It's basically anyone, you know, if you've seen the show, and you just want to kind of like binge it even more once those eight episodes are done and you just want to talk with someone about it like we've done with other people with each other a little bit. Um, hopefully, you know, we can have a couple insights that that we've read online or we've come to talking with people and we can kind of share those with you. So uh, where do you want to start? Um, so let's just start in general. Why are we why yeah. are we doing this? Yeah. Um, so this is, you know, our our first side quest. Um, why this one? Uh, it jumped out to me as I was watching Stranger Things that this is – it's really hitting my nostalgia sweet spot, yes. which yeah. is what That's Men disgusting. of Low Moral Fiber is all about. Yeah. It absolutely is. Yeah. Um, don't worry. It's near my elbow. Okay. Oh, good. Um, so it, it's – it just seemed to me that if you listen to this podcast, this show is going to be so right up your alley. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. It really struck me with The Dig. You've got all the Spielberg influences, right. uh, aliens, uh the way that they use humor uh, in Stranger Things, it all just kind of connects together. Um, so we should probably start with what is Stranger Things? Uh, so, Ben, what is Stranger Things? Uh, yeah, Stranger Things is an eight-part uh, miniseries. I think they – I don't know if they've officially announced season two, but the directors have talked kind of vaguely about season two coming out in 2017. Yeah, it's, not, so. it's not officially signed on for it yet, but yeah, it's been but, such uh, a hit that it's pretty right. clear it's going to happen. Yeah, definitely a standalone eight episodes, though. It doesn't need a, a series or anything. Um but the Duffer brothers are the the two uh, writer, director, creators of this universe. Uh, and basically it's a show about uh, these four kids, I don't know, 10, 12 years old, something like that. Um, something like and that. one of them gets abducted in the first few scenes of the of the show. Um, we don't know by whom or, or when or how or anything. Um, but yeah, there's there's scary monsters. There's kind of a mystery around where he, where he went and people are still in contact with him. It's kind of a ghost monster adventure thing. I I, I read a lot of, and you we talked about obviously the Spielberg influence that kind of adventure. 
Um, I read a lot of Steve, you know, huge Stephen King influence, even in just the yeah. topography of the um, of the logo. You sent me an article about that yeah. earlier, and I was trying yeah. to put together kind of what this was to me, only by using kind of directors and auteurs of, in my lifetime. And I put together a little sentence about it, and it's the do it. It's the nostalgia and adventure of Goonies, which is one of my favorite yes. films as a kid. Yes, uh, it's the emotional weight of ET. It's yep. uh, combined with the terror of a Stephen King novel and any of the movies yep. associated with that, uh, written by Steven Spielberg and produced by J.J. Abrams. Yep. With maybe like um, a little Lawrence Kasdan occasionally from Hop. One thing we're missing is the sci-fi horror of Alien or The Thing. That's fair. Uh, both of which I think are big influences on this. That's fair. Um, Stephen King's more the, of the like person-to-person superpower yeah, kind of yeah. terror. So and this is more King, monster. You're right. Yeah, and Stephen King definitely an influence, yeah. uh, and you can see it in the typography of the logo. But um, from the opening scene in the laboratory where mm-hmm. a scientist is getting chased by an alien, oh, true. and there's true, true. strobe lights blinking, uh, yeah. it's pretty clear reference mm-hmm. to Alien. And one of the great things is they really call their shots with these illusions. So um, you know, I don't just have to say, and it kind of felt like John Carpenter's The Thing. Well, one of the kids has a poster of The Thing, the thing right. on his wall. right. Uh, and then later in episode seven or eight, so towards the end of it, somebody is watching the movie The Thing. Um, so they're really yeah. calling out there pretty loud that this is one of the things they're referring to. But um, they did it in such a way that no one would accuse them of, of recreating or ripping off, which is such a right. careful balance. Because they yeah, took from so many amazing. things, like almost Tarantino-esque. You take from enough things and combine them well, then you yep. can admit to stealing things and it's still a brand new creation that's given full credit. Yeah, and they often steal something and then go left with it. You know, they don't go right, the way you were expecting right. them to. They'll say, "Hey, we know what the reference is, and this is the original. We're going to make you think we're going to do that, and then we're going to veer off." Yeah, yeah, very true. Uh, any other kind of setup stuff before we just destroy with spoilers? And I have a million questions that I'm I'm hoping you can answer for me. Well, some some things that we should um, talk about with a show like this. It's yeah. on Netflix, which means um, there's no water cooler talk. You know, right. all eight episodes came out at once. Um, so it depends on when you heard about it. Uh, I heard about it the weekend it came out, got excited, and it took me a couple of days to watch that first episode. But when I did, we finished all eight within a week. I yeah. mean, it was, oh, we have to do this right now. Yeah. yeah. You watched it with uh, your wife? Yeah. yeah. Did you watch it with your wife? No. She's just too terrifying for her. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, was, it was some uh, some some good cuddle time. You know, sit there, watch, jump. It's great. But I had three or four buddies of mine that we have a group message going on pretty much daily, buddies from college, that one of us brought up stranger things and all of us just started just texting constantly for like an hour about it. Basically just, we all loved it because we're the perfect age for it. I think if you're, yes, if you were a kid in the eighties, early nineties and you liked movies, that's basically all you need. And you'd probably be able to at least relate to the show pretty well. Yeah. The great thing is it takes place in 1983. Yeah. So it can, anything from before 83 is a reference. Um, Both of us are not quite old enough for that to be, real salient for us, but we still grew up on all those movies of the late seventies, early eighties. Um, you know, star Wars of course is a huge influence here. Our uh, older siblings were the, the age of the, the young boys That's in the right. show though. So I think growing up That's and knowing right. them so well, it helps. Yeah. There's a, a baby in one of the families, baby Holly. And I pointed out to my wife, I said that the baby is me. That's, <laughs> That's how old Holly. I was at this time. I'm we baby. Are Holly. baby Holly. <laughs> All right. Um, I think that might be enough background. Oh, one other thing we should say is uh, the Duffer Brothers, so far as I can tell, have not done much before this. I looked it this up. This is yeah. really their, their first big thing. Wayward Pines was their other big show that yeah. I think got canceled after two, three seasons. 
And they had yep. a movie that came out last year that I had not heard of. So this is obviously okay. their biggest hit. Yeah. Yeah. So um, pretty young uh, auteurs, uh, but clearly uh, they have a vision uh, together. Yeah. Um, anyway, enough of us talking about it. This vaguely spoiler alerts from here on out. Um, if you haven't seen it, turn turn this off. Go subscribe to Netflix and watch all eight, and then uh, go press play just on this. We'll, text uh, we'll me, see call few... me, email me, and I'll give you my login. If it's, I mean, if you just yeah. want to watch this, that's fine. I won't tell yeah. John Netflix. He won't care. He won't care. He'll want you to watch it too. Yeah. John's cool. With it, yeah. He's cool. Uh, right. So let's spoilers, spoilers about spoilers ahead. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's kind of start with, let's walk through the eight episodes. And I know I don't remember, Hey, the fifth scene of episode four, you know, I don't remember it like that, but kind of halfway through, what were you thinking? That kind of thing. So I'm going to start, uh, I think four or five episodes in, I was frustrated with the pace. I was enjoying every scene, but there was an anxiety building where I was just like, there is so much stuff. I, I think I knew at that point point what the upside down was it might have been right before we figured that out yeah and i was just like this there's a monster will the kid who got uh kidnapped or, or abducted was like we could kind of hear him through the lights we knew that um uh what's her name not sigourney weaver the other aliens one winona rider thank you <laughs> we knew that winona rider was kind of crazy but not that crazy we knew we liked hop but like we didn't basically. We basically knew nothing else. We knew we knew L had superpowers, yep. so I didn't know what kind of show it wanted to be. If it wanted to be just like we're going to jump full force into like X Men land and everyone has superpowers and she just discovered hers first or whatever, or if it was going to be what it was, which was kind of a cool balance of yeah. like an X Files episode where yeah. it gives a little credence to these supernatural things that thousands of people have witnessed or claim to have witnessed. But at the end of the day, it doesn't make a newspaper headline, which I think is fascinating because it it feeds my inner conspiracy theorist. Yeah, exactly. And I'm with you about three or four episodes in. I was I was thinking to myself, okay, it's done. Right. Like, how is there possible? How are there eight episodes? Because we know what's happening. You've given us all the clues. Right. Right. And it turns out they hadn't. You know, there was a lot more of the mystery to go. It wasn't like the pace changed and really slowed down for me. No. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just thought, you know, oh, we can wrap this up quickly. Um, mm. The nice thing is there was no need to, and, and I think they enjoyed slowing it down. Uh, two references I realized we missed. Yeah. Uh, first off, Poltergeist. Yes. Okay. Right. H- huge. Well, once you mentioned Winona Ryder talking to her son through the lights, Good I was call. like, oh, Poltergeist. Good call. Duh. Yeah. And uh, baby Holly staring at that wall was a nice, oh I gosh. wanted to turn around and say they're, they're here. That was terrifying. Um, so can we talk about the lights or did you want to keep going oh, on? Yeah. Okay. Let's get into everything. Uh, and then the other reference is hop is Harrison Ford. You know, yeah, I don't know cool if it's Blade Runner, Han, Han Solo or Indiana Jones, but that's what he's, he's channeling. What in, in the sense, not just like the, um, the anti-hero, definitely that the kind of Ash, Right. Han Solo, right. anti-hero that you root for, but at the same time you would like you cringe every time he does something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get, yeah, good heart, but kind of terrible means. But every time he was on screen, like I, I lit up. I was like, yeah, this is the scene I want to watch. I don't know yep. if it's the actor or the character. Or I both obviously, but it was he was just the perfect character. I was glad that he ended up being more on the screen the second half of the season, or yeah, the second half yeah. of the season compared to the first. He was just all well, about it. And when early on, it was like, yeah, he's a good cop, but, you know, his daughter died and then he just, you know, right. lost it and it was never the same. Right. It's like such a 
um, stereotypical Trope. setup. You have such yeah. an obvious, yeah. Uh, of you know, yeah, his wife left him, and now he he drinks too much. Oh, okay, so just <laughs> okay. every Philip Marlowe, right? Uh, exactly. Novel. Yeah, uh, but then the way that they dwelled on that, and the way that they tied it in, especially in the final episode, oh man, heart wrenching, so beautiful. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I, it just broke my heart. Um, so we're still talking oh, around it. Uh, I think a great way to structure this is if we just go episode by episode. We probably won't have more than two or three minutes per episode, but that's a way of kind of structuring this uh, and talking about our experience going through it. Do I need to pull up like an episode list of? Uh, oh, of I got it right now. Synopsis. You, you can tell me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so we won't get everything in it. I'm just going off the yeah, yeah. quick one I found on Google. Maybe even a couple um, episodes at a time because I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to be longer it. Be longer it. Beleaguer it. Let's be longer it. Let's be longer. Well, this will give us a way of talking about about things without going uh, too far afield. Cool. So first off, the vanishing of Will Byers. Yep. Uh, that's episode one. Um, we get set up with the lab. Um, we right. get set up with the alien, or well, I guess alien is that even the right term? The the demogorgon. The Demogorgon. Yeah. And we get the setup of Dungeons and Dragons and the idea of a Demogorgon there. Another tie into Men of on Fiber with the playing, the playing game. Yep. There you go. Um, and, uh, and of course, Will disappears. Right. right, right. Um, the Weirdo on Maple Street, second episode. So we are really going to go through these quickly. Just yeah, get the yeah, big yeah, plot yeah. points. I'll happens. just comment if anything pops out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is where we get introduced to... 11 for the first time she wasn't in the first episode uh, i can't oh. remember if she was or not okay i'm um, just looking off the google list I got you. Okay. Um, but uh this is really this uh, the title of the episode is referring to um uh 11 right um and so uh it's a deep dive into um well it's not the deep dive into her past yet i should say uh it's she's just weird right, right. she's just odd yeah um she goes to the diner, eats the food. Oh, geez. Um, we know her name is Eleven. Uh, we know that social services or CPS or whatever is not evil. going to help her. Is evil. Um, <laughs> Murderous CPS. And uh, and she's going to end up with Will uh, at his house. Um, and they're going to have a, a close friendship. That's, they're going to bond very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So episode three, Holly Jolly, um, right. which is a, a great kind of obscure reference to the episode, not one that you'd think of right away. I this didn't... is where uh, uh, Will's mom buys all the Christmas lights. Oh, duh. Of course. Right? Yeah. That um, makes sense. Now, of course, things are progressing as well. With We've got multiple storylines. So this is also uh, when um, Barb, Barb disappears at the end of episode two. Right, right, right. Right. Um, <clears throat> right. Yeah. Uh, Steve and Nancy are upstairs. Uh, oh, yeah. Doing whatever Steve and Nancy are doing. Holly Jollying. Um, Holly Jollying. And... Uh, Will's mom finally gets to talk to Will through the Christmas lights. Let's talk about Steve and Nancy. Um, yeah, let's do it. So this Steve, was such a great storyline for me. Steve's a cool guy. Yeah. Like, did you see his hair? I mean, did you notice that he, he looks like, uh, who do you look like? Tom Cruise? Is that yeah. what he looked like? He was saying, yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, so-and-so yeah. thinks I look like. Uh, look like uh, the guy from, uh, which, which one did he reference? Risky Business. Risky Business. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. First of all, I want to go with the whole, like, what did Nancy see in him? But I get it. You rebel. Right. He's a good-looking guy. He's the cool guy. You're hanging out with Barb. Times get yeah. a little boring. Um, I think the most shocking thing to me, um, other than the, like, graffitiing, like, that, that whole thing was a little weird. But whatever. He was yeah. he was heartbroken. Uh, was the last shot of them together. The last episode. 
I what was, was I was really okay with that. Oh. I was really okay with that. Why? So, because one of the things I told Megan this is probably like episode three or four. I'm like, so Steve is set up in this way. I, I want to slot him into that generic '80s bad guy, right? Right. Right, right, right. He's he's the bad boyfriend who's going to pressure her into sex. Sure, he's going yeah. to do this. He's going to do that. But By the as way, I reflect he on did before, that. I was like, well, kind of. Uh, um, so let's let's back up. But right. um, uh, he he does seem like the the bad eighties guy, especially the yeah. hair. The hair alone tells you like hair. this is huge. He's he's <laughs> he's the bad guy from uh, Better Off Dead, right? Oh um, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's, that's exactly what he is. Right. Um, except he's not doing the other stuff. You know, he's not kicking a kid as he walks by. He's yeah, not like pushing fair. down the nerds. That's fair. He's so just he kind of all those other, kind of a dumb guy. But all I hated about him was that I've been told to hate this character. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's true. That's probably true. Um, and I saw some things along the way. He's flirting with her. He definitely wants to get in her pants. She's not necessarily opposed to that, though. She's also interested in that. So we probably so, shouldn't get too I, – I agree with you there. She's obviously attracted to him. She likes him. Yeah. Um, well, okay. We shouldn't get too into the specifics of that because we don't have the lines in front of us. I don't want someone to turn around exactly. and be like, she says no here or shakes her head and yeah. he advances. Like, right. no. that could have no, happened. Yeah, I don't right. know. We're more painting with a, a wide what brush here. What I would here. say more is uh, she doesn't seem to regret it. That's true. Um, that's, yeah, it didn't ruin her life until they broke up. It wasn't and, a great experience. It was yeah, fine. Yeah. It was fumbly 15, you know, whatever. Right. Um, but it's almost as though her mom wants more for this to be a big deal for her. And she's like, yeah, mom, we slept together. Right. It wasn't great. I'm moving on. <laughs> um, that's fair. Okay. But, you know. I, it was less of the pressure. Let's deal with that. <laughs> right, right, right. It was more the graffiti that she's. Uh, that I agree with. A slut on the movie theater and all that. Totally and agree. Just kind the of slut shaming. The slut shaming uh, thing. Yeah. The, the the there's the broken heart part, and there's the deal that his friends. Which the funny thing is, maybe he's the one who ran with the, the wrong crowd, rather than him being well, the wrong crowd, the like trying to pull her along. I think yeah. that's what they're saying by the end when he shows up at the at the buyer's house. Yeah. And he doesn't he's have like, ulterior motives. He's literally just yeah. wanting to say sorry to Jonathan. I mean, that that said a lot for sure. And I said some things along the way to Megan where I was like, I think I'm supposed to hate him, but every once in a while I find him charming. Yeah. And I kind of like Steve. Um, and so I, I liked him as a character because he was a complete character. He didn't seem just a bully, just a jock, just and, and anything. He just he had a lot going on. Yeah, that's true. I wish we'd seen a little more of the niceties or just a little yeah. glimmer of – he's more than just a dumb – not jock, but whatever. Yeah. We're not supposed to you know, like him kind of thing. Um, but you're right. What Maybe about the they were he, pushing on it hard enough that it was like, how much are you eating into these stereotypes and how much have you yeah. actually seen of this character? What did you say? Yeah. What about that, that goofy look he gives while he's breaking into her room? Oh, uh, when he like walks uh, through the window. Mike, yeah. Mike is, is driving, is riding by on his bike. He looks over and he sees Steve climbing onto the roof. Oh, so and then Steve tries to play it cool. Right. Right. <laughs> That's like, one of my favorite shots. Hey, guys. Uh, hey, what's up? Just hanging out up here on your trash cans. Yeah. Oh, Find so me. Okay. So episode four. Yeah. Keep moving, going. moving this right along. Yeah, no, um, episode four is called The Body. All right. So let me stop you there. We got Jesse, two references I want to make real quick. Jesse, The Body Ventura is the first. That's clearly the first. Right. Okay, uh, someone who ain't got time to bleed, yep. just like Will's body. Well done. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Um, clearly not Jesse the Body Ventura. No bad. Oh, my bad. Um, 
the uh, Will's body is the the first reference, but the other one is a Stephen King story called The Body. Oh, which I was probably too young to know this, but one of my favorite movies growing up, Stand by Me. Yep. That's absolutely right. And it's called The Body. It was called oh. it was called The Body. Okay. That was the name of the short story gotcha. uh, that Stand by Me is based on. Because they're um, looking for a, a body. That's the whole plot of the movie. A dead body. Yeah, and. Then we've got uh, at the beginning of episode five, I think it opens with uh, the three remaining boys walking along train tracks. Oh, yeah. It's them with Dude, L walking with along L. the train tracks and following their compasses. Yeah. Wow. Uh, which is basically all of Stand By it's Me is them walking along train me. tracks. Right. And if you haven't oh, seen that, I swear it's a better oh. movie than we're describing it as. <laughs> it's basically the whole movie. Uh, just just walking along the train tracks. Kiefer Sutherland um, is so just yeah, a dick. That was something that jumped out to me. Yeah. So when should we do the deep dive into Eleven and kind of what where she came go, from? Go for it. We don't need to go where she came from. I think she's that she's that person's um, that lady's lost kid, right? Jane's uh, lost kid, or yeah. she's Jane, yeah, or she's Jane. You're right, and she's not actually the yeah. white haired guy's daughter, even though she calls him Papa. Good, good question. Probably not, but there, there's no doesn't, proof doesn't that she's not. But yes, um, so it, let's full frame here, not just what we know through episode five. But what, what I was thinking when she's killing the Demogorgon, oh, first geez. of all, is why does she have to die? Second of all, I was like, maybe it's just one of those deaths. Like, a, I think Jean Grey did this, where it's like, in order to kill this thing, I have to use all of my energy and power and self to kill it. I was like, whatever. Yep. I guess she has to die. Yep. But it, it was a very unfulfilling death. Um, and then thirdly, I think I'm on. Yeah. Was... The other, no, what was it called? The, um, not the other side, the, um, upside down, the upside down. And the fact that she is, um, t- telekinetic, were those associated or was it just like, Hey, we have this, uh, we're, you know, we're, we have this lab where we're discovering things. This kid has yeah. telekinesis. Let's see if she can help us out with this lab. Hey, we've discovered this netherworld. Let's throw them together and see what happens. Like, what was the purpose of that? And, and why were they associated other than just scientists like these things yeah let's pause on number three for a second because there's also number four okay um is is somebody cutting onions in here um is it did it get real smoky all of a sudden because i don't know what's going on friends Uh, that's what else i was thinking during that moment (laughs) friends don't lie dude oh my gosh so um back to number three yeah um and remember what she's doing she is telekinetic and not telepathic, but she can do distant listening. Okay. Right? Sure. Um, she can't read your mind necessarily. I don't remember her ever doing that. Um, but she can Strong hear intuition. what you're saying on the other side of the world. That's fair. As long as you're saying it out loud. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, she was part of MK Ultra. Here's the weird stuff. How much do you know about MK Ultra? Not a whole lot. Zero. So first off, it's Next a real to zero. thing. I know, I know what it is now. Yeah. I know, I know it's, that it's, it's an a, acronym. It's a legit real thing. Okay. Um, which is – so during the uh, 50s and 60s, there were rumors, you know, um, the CIA invented LSD and oh, okay. tested it on people yeah, and all this on stuff. Cats you know. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. They come up – they're black helicopters, man. Yeah. You know, all conspiracy that conspiracy theory starring Mel Gibson, thing. Julie Roberts. Well – this all came out in, I think, the late 70s, uh, early 80s, okay. that basically it was all true, or most of it. Right. Uh, during the 50s and 60s, the CIA uh, did experiments testing um, for ESP, 
uh, testing telekinesis, uh, testing um, hallucinogenic drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was at least one death attributed to the LSD experiments. Um, they doped a guy and he jumped out of a 14th floor window. Okay. They would pick up people. Uh, if I remember right, they would have uh, agents um, posing as prostitutes and bring them up to the room, dose their drink with LSD, and then just watch what happens. Cool. To try and figure out if LSD cool would be a job. truth serum. Okay. Um, and then one of them jumped out the window. Now, gotcha. There were also during the same time period two high-ranking military um, officials who jumped out windows, um, mm. and both of them were connected with MKUltra in some way or another. So there's there's other weird stuff going on around this. We don't have all the answers. Some of the more overblown stuff uh, was not happening. The weird thing is not, you know, yeah, and then they discovered psychic powers or the CIA invented LSD. The weird thing is the truth of it, which is the CIA was testing for ESP to try and figure out if that was a real right. thing. That happened right. um, within our parents' lifetime. Um, well, and, and, and giving people, me I mean, it's tough because there is a lot of gray area in the government testing. But there also is Tuskegee Airmen, and there's a lot of real things that the government did unbeknownst to the public that are horrible things. Obviously, that was... Yeah, that's in with that period, 40s to 70s kind of yep. time. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a very gray area. And I, I, occasionally there are these true things that do come out that are just make you shudder at the things we don't know. And that's where I live. Yeah. Conspiracy theory land. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I want to um, make one quick correction. Tuskegee Airmen were a uh, courageous group of fighter pilots. Um, Tuskegee Experiments? The, uh, the Tuskegee Experiments. Oh, sorry. Is what I'm sorry. About. But it was still yeah, no on, on uh, it was on Tuskegee Air Base, no. wasn't it? Um, I can't remember exactly, but we can look into it. But it, it was done through the military. Was through, yeah, uh, that's what I meant, through the military. Okay. But Tuskegee Airmen refers to a – I believe a segregated group of black pilots in World War II. Oh, OK. Thanks for fixing that. Um, yeah. Um, I've made that mistake before. That's what cool. caught me. I was like, cool. wait, I think that's the other one. <laughs> um, OK. So uh, the distant listening, for example, was one of the things they were testing for. The experiment we see her where, you know, uh, Papa, gosh, I don't want to call him that the whole thing, but Dr. Brenner, there we go. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, Dr. Brenner says, hey, I want you to listen to this guy and tell me exactly what he says. Mm -hmm. And he's, this guy is in the room next door just reading a list of random words. Right. Okay. These are the exact MK Ultra experiments they did. Okay. Yeah. Somebody random words and somebody in another room try and get them, guess them. Gotcha. They would do it with a very simple shapes at first mm. and then try and build to that. Um, and then, of course, what she does is she doesn't repeat what he's saying. She jacks it into the speaker and actually has his voice come through on the speaker. Gotcha. Which is like, wow, I'm going right. to raise this. You know? Right. Um, so also, I'm I just realized exactly something that sure. we huh? talked about, the LSD with cats. that You can find a video of that on YouTube. What now? The government giving LSD to cats. You can find videos of it. It was on Ebom's World. It's been on YouTube. It's a horrible thing. Um, it was my afternoon. Yeah, it's terrible, and I'm not smiling. And it's a horrible thing. Uh, but they, one of the other, I mean, they show us what three experiments with L, four maybe, and one of them is her staring yeah. at a cat with like her helmet yeah. on. So that's yeah. another reference to the uh, to MK Ultra. Good call. Good call. Um, hey, are, I just got to know, are the cats okay? Yeah, I mean, do, are they're they being all still alive today, which just, is actually unfortunate because they're about 60 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, are they, but in, in the, these movies, are they, are they having fun and rolling around and no. like just being like, oh, it's bad. oh never mind then. I don't yeah, want to watch, watch that. It's bad stuff. 
I was just imagining cats tripping, you know? It's going to be like just having a ball. Yeah, I mean, um, if you want to see that, go watch Catnip Cats. Google that. You'll yeah, that go down a YouTube hole that you will love. They're frolicking uh, and rolling over. It's great. This is not that. That sounds really fun. I yeah. want to do that other one. Yeah. Um, and we're so back yeah, an exactly hour later. Sure. And... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what her powers are. Um, if it, She's got telekinesis, we know. Um, that's telekinesis, Kyle. (laughs) She's also got this, uh, distant listening skill and we should ask how she does that. Cause when she does it with the guy in the next room over, it's like, she's there in the room with him. Mm -hmm. Right. When she does it with the guy in Moscow or wherever he is, when she's listening to the guy, she goes into the bathtub for the first time. And it's like, she walks across a blank expanse. And goes and listens to it. Right. So what I'm thinking is there's a kind of astral projection going on. Okay. All right. So then we'd have to think, okay, what are the mechanisms of astral projection? Uh, if we imagine this as the tightrope with the acrobat and the flea on it, right? right? One of the mechanisms for, the, for astral projection, especially if it's going to jump way, way, way across space mm-hmm. to the other side of the world virtually instantaneously, right. um, would be if it's not a tightrope um, – but maybe a uh, a coiled spring. Okay. Where now that I now that I'm the uh, flea, I can jump from one edge of it to another one, and I can be way far away. But it's only because I have this this natural aspect of being able to kind of coil around the spring itself mm-hmm. and then jump from one strand to another. Right. 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 Uh, so if we if we make that transition, then we see in order to do astral projection, you have to pass through the upside down. That's a necessary component of it. Now, that's not something that that the scientists know. They're not sure of the mechanism. And when they talk to the teacher, this is something that I'm 95% sure of. Um, it, when they talk to him and he tells them about the flea for the first time, episode four, five, six, somewhere in there, um, they he tells them about the flea and it goes to another scene and it comes back. And he's doing the classic, uh, I can't remember what it's called, um, wormhole. Fold the paper, punch a hole through it. Yeah. That's the classic wormhole example, right? Yep. Where you pe- yep. fold the paper, punch the hole, and you say, if you can, if you can basically fold the paper, then you can time travel, um, yep. which he didn't talk about, but he ends his illustration with that. And that would tie yep. into the spring or the slinky. Yes. That's yeah, that's exactly stretching and condensing. Okay. It's, okay. It's, it's stretched on itself. Now right. we can't see that. Right. But, but they can. And so um, is the Russian guy, uh, some sort of, um, espionage surveillance that they're trying to conduct was that a purposeful uh destination yeah it was a russian spy and they wanted him to listen in or maybe it's a not even a spy but a russian general or Or something but this was espionage i mean this was was a form of it that's what i meant okay yep Uh, and maybe it was maybe it wasn't espionage maybe it was just to test can she even go all the way around the world to moscow we're going to test it on one of our own agents in moscow and we'll know what he's actually saying and we'll see if it comes down now i think i think they're writing things down i think it's actual espionage but i I don't know that that matters for this right um now one thing that's happening whenever we give these acrobat flea examples uh what we're talking about is additional dimensions Mm-hmm. Yeah. The best way for us to visualize this is to shrink down. So rather than me trying to imagine what it's like to have a fifth or sixth dimension, what I can do is imagine what it's like for someone to live in one dimension and then to describe two dimensions to them. Because I can see in right. three and four dimensions. I understand that. So this is um, – I think Edward Abbott is his name, uh, the book Flatland. Uh, okay. Did you ever read that one? No. Great book from 19th century. It's about dimensions. Okay. So, it's about a circle who lives in this two-dimensional world. Yes, you've told me about this before. Okay, keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he one day travels and sees a one-dimensional world, right? This is the flea and the acrobat. Right. 
uh, he sees the acrobat's world, but the acrobat doesn't understand that the line that he's standing on is actually three, you know, multiple dimensions, and it mm-hmm. can be walked around as well. Right. So uh, the circle walks in and out of a line, and everybody who's on the line just perceives him. All the dots on the line just perceive him as coming into and out of existence. Right. He's like, "No, I'm just walking past your line." Well, then towards the end of the book, a sphere comes to him. Yeah. And what he perceives is a circle getting bigger and smaller. Yeah. Again, that makes sense from two dimensions. Right. So why are we talking about all those? Well, because it's a way for us to understand, okay, what would it be like to have a fifth dimension right. or a sixth dimension? Which, um, go on. The best example I've seen, and also it's a terrible example because it's just so hard for us to fathom this, I think, is Interstellar. The end of Interstellar, Chris Nolan does yeah. his best job of yep. doing this, uh, aside from saying, okay, let's go back to one or two, or two dimensions and and imagine this, but mm-hmm. he says, Hey, this is what a fourth dimension looks like yep. in, in three dimensions, yep. which you can't do. Yep. He's condensing time. It's a fascinating illustration yeah. of what that could be. Yeah. yeah. And what's amazing there is all he's doing there is showing us the four dimensions we have access to. Right. And just right. visualizing yeah. them. I mean, so it's yeah. even a further jump to get to a fifth dimension. Um, yeah. And so that, that's the basic kind of science behind what's happening here. Um, lots of debates about how many dimensions have been discovered past that. Uh, some of them are more in pure mathematics, some of them in physics. Um, all of that does say that's the science behind what's happening. And that would explain why she has to go through the upside down in order to get to the other side of the world. Um, mm-hmm. And so basically, if we're imagining other dimensions, we don't think anything lives in them. Like that, okay. when, when we do that, it, when physicists talk about an, an additional dimension, they're not thinking about interdimensional beings jumping back right. and forth. They're thinking about how could we sure. implement this? Uh, but they basically kind of imagine it almost as space or as a desert as just, you know, nothing there. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I, I really don't understand it enough to know what would be the case. If there's any reason to think that there wouldn't be things there um, and things that might have a bearing on our own lives. Uh, sure. In fact, that's the way that we can tell that there are more is because they have some kind of effect on us. Right. Um, now, whether there's some kind of giant flower faced jaws monster, running around you know I, I don't know about that for certain right but i think we can assume it so yeah so she accidentally yeah. goes into the upside down while committing while doing this espionage stuff um sees the monster for the first time freaks out runs away gets out of the tub and then okay. later dr brenner says hey we need you to reach out now he's got a scared child who said that she saw a monster dr brenner is probably evil and awful but even if he wasn't what he might be thinking is she's seen an alien for the first time. Of course she thinks it's a monster. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think that he knows what he's describing, you know, knows what's on the other side. And so when he has her touch it, um, I think he's just thinking, you know, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be beautiful. We're seeing first contact. Yeah. yeah, First contact. I, I, I've dreamed about this. I'm going to be the first to do it. This will be wonderful. That's the cool thing about Brenner is he doesn't seem actually like a military mind. He's the scientist here. Yeah. And he doesn't seem like an like evil, like or a stereotypical, just evil person all the time. No, he's, I would call him amoral in some ways, or you know, sure. his entire morality is science, you know, just to discover new That's things. Fair. Uh, right. I'll do awful things to a child, but it might save millions of people. And yeah. other people just aren't courageous enough to do that. I think he, in his mind, he's the good guy. And it's amazing yeah. oh, to sure. see sure, sure. A, a movie in which literally all the bad guys are good guys when they wake up in the morning. Um, I don't think right. that's always the case. True. So, True. So they make contact, and making contact opens up the gate um, for the first time. And so that's okay. how they got into our world. Uh, now, we don't get this re- revealed until episode six or seven, but that kind of unlocks it. Um, yep. And so she's the one who created the gate. So 
Okay, so it's like the Duffer Brothers just said, hey, let's take these two supernatural things that exist in science fiction, put them in the 80s, and see what happens? Or did they single-handedly kind of they need to have each other in order for this plot to advance i don't think they have for this for this thing to occur but now that we've got this plot i think we should assume that the telekinesis is almost like walking in this other dimension and the astral projection is like running so they might be connected on some kind of continuum of telekinesis is a way of warming your mind up as you start to move your consciousness into another dimension okay that's fair so someone who's good at one would be good at the other and as soon as the door is open, maybe the telekinesis also helped keep that door open or, you know, and then when the science room or whatever first breaks apart and the door, the portal is opened. Right. Her telekinesis is obviously part of that. So that, that well, sparked the, the, that's the next the question of the Demogorgon, is, right? Are the aliens, the monsters, the Demogorgons, and there's only one of them for some reason. Right. Um, how are they able to come into our world? I understand how they're able to come through th- the gate that she opened. But they are also able to create other gates um, mm-hmm. yeah. woods to come out. Um, is that because they broke out? Um, and then – so they broke out in the actual lab, ran out right, the front right. door. And then once they were in the field, they were able to get back to their universe. And once they had kind of created that connection, there was a back and forth going yeah. on. Uh, and I think yeah. that, that makes the most sense. I and like and yeah. it's almost like you'll actually be really good at getting back to your own dimension even if you're not a flea. And so for the same way that Will is able to activate lights in his own dimension. Um, you know, that was you, another question I had is what the hell's up with the lights? Um, I, I, same kind of thing. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know how, okay. but you're able to connect with your own dimension better than the new one. I liked how they connected a little better too at the very end. Yeah. Like obviously she saw Will at home because it's the yeah. first place he would go in this horrifying other universe. Yeah. He would try to find his home yep. and he would go there and he'd be walking around and talking to looking for his mom. And it, it totally makes that – that's good writing. I mean, the yeah. way they tied that in at the end, when I mean, you saw Hop and Will's mom, Winona Ryder, walking around and the lights in the, the house were lighting up as they walked. Oh, that was a good tie-in. There's also a, a physics experiment um, that's been shown to – been used to show that light has both a particle and wave property. It's mm. the uh, slit experiment. Um, yeah. and I don't know all the details of it, uh, but one interpretation of it is not just the particle wave thing, but actually uh, the um, – multiple uh universe the many worlds theory of science that's where that comes from Uh, basically the idea is that light is passing from one universe into another and back and literally the Mm -hmm. photons are knocking against photons that only exist in other timelines okay that's an actual scientific explanation now that seems weird but that would help us understand why is it that it's it's light bulbs that they control well because it's light that can travel through dimensions easily Light, light right. doesn't get bothered by dimensional things. It's just – it's fleas. Just is, right. All right. So we've covered L, the Demigorgon, Hop. Yep. Um, yeah, anything the last, what, three or four episodes? Well, anything you want to talk about? I, I think we should start wrapping up. We dug deep on some stuff, which was yeah. great. Um, yeah. But a, a, a couple – well, a couple quick things. First off, yeah. I thought at first that this was going to be an anthology series where the first season mm. would be kind of self-contained. The second season might contain references to the first, but it's going to be totally new. Done a little sure. reading. Don't worry. Season two is a sequel. It is going cool. to continue with these characters. Um, oh, cool. I wanted to All see right. more of great, these. Great characters. So yeah. that's cool. I yeah. like that. It's, it's a rare time when I finish a season and I'm like, I could end there, but I really want to see more of these characters. Um, yeah. So that's great. Now, yeah. what was your yeah. question? I think uh, my question was, what happened to Barb? Oh, she's dead. I'm, I know Barb's dead, but... We saw one face before they saw Will. Was that supposed to be Barb, you think? It, it, well, 
it could have been Barb, but it was, we also saw a skull. And Dr. Brenner said they'd lost eight people that week. Right, right. So she was in there. She's in the library somewhere, okay. is my guess. Well, the big question is what, what happened to L? Oh, dang it. So she, you, don't, you don't think she's dead? She's absolutely not dead because we see okay. Hop leaving Egos in a box for her. But I didn't know if that was like a uh, like paying homage to her. Or you think that was okay. his like little connection? Now he has a little new like he has a little girl again, kind of thing. If it, well, I mean, if it's him, his paying homage, why isn't he paying homage to his daughter? Like there is a dead little girl, he should be leaving flowers on the grave. That's of. fair. That's fair. Um, he could do both. He could swing by both. That's fine. But that doesn't quite match up for me. And I mean, he made sure to not just get egos. If it was just egos, I think we'd be left with that explanation. He got leftovers right. from the party right. in Tupperware that he's going to have to bring back. So if this was and then puts new food in the next day and it wasn't, it wasn't stocked full. There was no rotting food Mm -hmm. in it. Uh, And this was a month later. Yeah. So there would be rotten food if he'd one other clue for that before the one month later, when everybody's getting reunited, hop gets pulled aside after after he leaves the hospital and he gets in a car with two government agents of government agents. Right. So he made a deal with Brenner. And we never got right. to hear exactly what that deal was. Yep. My guess and is... And we thought, they were, until right then, we were led to believe he just gave up the kids. Right. Right? And I like, think let he, me go into this world and you can have the kids, basically. He did to some extent. I mean, they knew right yeah, where they were. True. That's what happened. That's how it played out. Yeah. Oh, which, by the way, Jurassic Park reference. The pudding in the fridge. Oh, yeah. So good. I'll give you that. So good. I like it. Um, the, um, it's just so many references. It was such a wonderful show. Um, yep. So... Whatever the deal he made, um, I think that's him having to follow through on it. They're now pulling him aside and saying, okay, so what do we do now? And either A, he is protecting L and reneging on that deal, or B, this is part of the deal, and yet he's still going to take care of L as part of the deal. Um, So Mm. if it's the deal, then she might be – maybe they said we don't have to have her in our labs anymore. Brenner's gone you know, the whole lab is getting shut down, but we have to know where she is. So we need you to keep an eye on her. And so she's living in the so, woods. She's doing her thing. Yeah. And his job yeah. is to report back to them and tell them where she is. Or B, he helped, he covered for her and is now keeping her safe from the government. And so she can't stay in this house because if she did, they would know that she was there. So th- this is where the show loses me. Yeah. And I realize that this couldn't be my favorite show of all time because it asks more questions than it answers. And I think that is sometimes done. That's sometimes done by lazy writers. I'm not right, saying that that right. is this because the times that they have answered questions have been usually in really artful, just um, laid the track slowly and deliberately till yeah. we got to the answer. And I was very thankful, Yep. but stuff like that. And maybe it's just, you know, it's the last shot of the episode it, and it's, it's a thriller, a cliffhanger. I'm totally fine with that. But it did seem like throughout a lot of the season, there were things that were asked and questioned that were never answered. Yeah. And and none of them were huge, which is where right. I think that would bother me more if it was these huge things. Um, but you have shows like um, like Fargo yeah. or Mad Men or maybe Mad Men asks more questions than it answers. But Fargo is, does a really good job of making you be like, what the hell is happening? And the next episode answering that. I and think, asking I think mother, you know what I mean? Breaking like, it lays the track. Breaking Bad, Breaking is bad the did a great job of this. It, it, yes. There was no plot point that didn't get tied up. You know, everything right. came back. Down exactly. to, to Chekhov's trunk gun. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a little too tidy at the last episode. But yeah, I mean, when you have 60 episodes, 70 episodes to do that, you can do that a little better, probably. And on the you other end eight. of the spectrum, we've got Lost, which is as many questions as possible. We'll answer what we want to, and then we'll pass everything yeah. off as, well, it was just character development. It was just us playing some fun games. Which, when you when you listen to interviews with Lindelof, he's basically yeah. like, yeah, thanks a lot, JJ, for setting yeah. all these things up that had no answer. We had yeah. to like... yeah run around for four seasons after you left and try to tie up a bunch of these. Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, from what I've seen so far, you know, just this season, it seems to me like stranger things is somewhere between those two. Um, okay. and the, you're right. The questions it doesn't tie up though. I felt like in general, they had a reason. Um, like it wasn't like, I know the answer to them, but like, where's mm. Barb? We don't get an answer to where's Barb. Well, sure. yeah. we get the answer if she's dead. That's what else. Yeah, is. Exactly. No one's confused um, about that. We don't need to know where she is and how exactly it happened. I don't think I would feel better if we had gotten that. Um, so it's not really a plot hole. Uh, it's a question that wasn't answered kind of for plot purposes, you know, just to keep mo- sure. things moving along. And because that's kind of a downer. Let's not spend any more time thinking about that's how far. I, I think it w- it, the more I think about it, they did answer a lot of questions in the lo- very last episode. Yeah. But I think it was the the pacing of the answering of questions that for the first half of the season, I wasn't even like I had one foot in, one foot out. People yeah. asking me, talking about it on Twitter, asking me about it in person. I was just like, I like the the aesthetics of it. Yeah. It's very exciting. Yeah. But I don't know if this is going to pay off. And I, I think we would both say, obviously, we talked about this for almost an hour. I think it paid off pretty it paid well. paid off. But it just took a long time to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I'm, I'm okay with. It's kind of like Fargo, I love the aesthetic. Um, I love what sure. it's doing. And so I can enjoy it along the way. Uh, the tough yeah. thing is balancing that with a thriller where – people genuinely want to know what's going to happen next. Um, yeah. You know, this isn't some kind of uh, Merchant Ivory film where you're like, let's just bask in the people's accents and enjoy all the colors of the rainbow that I'm painting. No, no, no. I need to know who's going to die and who's going to live. Uh, so it's tough right. to walk both of those roads. Uh, but for me, it, it balances out to the show where even when nothing's happening, I really enjoy it. Who lives, who dies, who tells their story? Who tells their story? It's uh, constantly on repeat in my house. I think Hamilton, it's Hamilton, pretty Hamilton, Hamilton. clear that at the end we're going to zoom out and Aaron Burr will be writing this novel. Right, right. Um, yeah. that'll be awesome. Or at least narrating it. I mean, that'd be yeah. fascinating. Oh, man. Well, they, yeah, if you're still here, you're still listening to this podcast, first of all, thank you. Yeah. Uh, second of all, send us your address. We'll send you a T-shirt yes. uh, as soon as, as soon as someone makes a T-shirt and prints T-shirts. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we had a great time and talking about this. Hopefully you enjoyed it too. The password for yeah. your free T-shirt if you made it this far Thessal Hydra. Oh, good one. Good one. Nice. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we'll be able to do this again. Uh, who knows what Netflix will drop next month. Uh, but yeah, other, you know, music, movies, uh, TV, anything that we can kind of loosely connect that we love, uh, that we can connect to men of low moral fiber. We'll probably do other, other side quests in the future. So let us know if you want us to do talk for an hour, or if you want to come on the podcast and talk with us about something, let us know. Uh, we'd love to make that happen. Yeah. Cause if you don't give us any feedback, we're just going to do an episode by episode breakdown of the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. And no one wants oh my that. Gosh. No one wants I that. I want that. I kind of, that sounds too. great. That. that sounds awesome. Joaquin Phoenix, his uh, brother. He's not even in it. He's not even in river it. Phoenix. Nope. Rivers Phoenix? A River Runs Phoenix? What's his name? <laughs> he was in uh, Last Crusade, but he's oh, he not. Was, he played the, the young show. one yeah. in the third Indiana Jones. Yes. Oh, yeah. dang it. Wow. I don't it's want a, that. Though. It's actually a variety of actors in the TV show, but don't worry. The whole TV show is oh, up geez. on Netflix. So uh, oh, get on it. I just lost my weekend. All right. All right. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Lates. Lates.